0: Hey, how's life? This is minister Joanne Williams from Grace on Display Ministries. Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. Learn how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I certainly hope you're rejoicing as well. Today, we begin a new series coming from the book of Daniel, chapter 3. We will be talking about what I am calling the preserving grace of God. To start with, let's define two words, and they are preserve and grace. Preserve, to maintain something in its original or existing state. To keep safe from injury, harm, or destruction. To protect, to keep alive, intact, or free from decay. Our next word, grace. Grace in Greek is charis, which refers to goodwill, loving kindness, favor, and in particular to God's merciful grace. Grace is God's blessing upon us in spite of our unworthiness. Grace, from the Hebrew, means to bend or stoop in kindness to another. Grace is unmerited favor, freely given without conditions. Grace, what a beautiful word. What an amazing gift to us from our Heavenly Father. His own sufficient. Infinite powerful grace. Thank you Jesus. I'm so thankful. For his all encompassing love. That reaches down. To the very point. Of my need. Even when I least deserve it. And it's manifested. In my life. In innumerable ways. Check this out. Three men found themselves in a very uncomfortable place, a fiery furnace. It was a situation that should have ended their existence, but somehow they survived. The Bible says that they didn't even smell like smoke. At the very least, the experience should have left them emotionally and physically scarred. The evidence of this experience should have been obvious to everyone around them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived because God was literally in the midst of their experience. Because of this vital factor, they emerged from the furnace with their identities, self-esteem, and emotions apparently unaffected with no evidence of this negative situation upon them. Now, how is that possible? How have you fared in life's fiery furnaces? Most of us have been through the fire, the sunshine, and the rain, and we have the scars to prove it. The trauma of negative experiences, broken homes, child abuse, fractured relationships, and a host of other stuff that has had a profound effect on all of us. We somehow hope that time alone will heal the pain of the past. Nah, Eh. wrong. That old saying, time heals all wounds, (laughs) it ain't true. It heals some things, but not everything. One of the great dilemmas of our time is people trying to function productively while bearing injuries that life has inflicted. Many of us struggle day by day, wearing a mask, privately struggling with issues of the past, fighting a losing battle with our emotions and thoughts. It's true we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's true we go to church, and yet we are still wounded and scarred. What's the answer? The answer is, we need to understand how to allow God to heal our wounds and scars, that we can be whole people. Our Heavenly Father wants us to know that, number one, He has the power to heal us of our past wounds and scars. We won't look like what we've been through. Number two, in the future fires of life, he will do for us as he did for the three Hebrew boys. He will deliver us from being scarred by it. In Daniel chapter 3, we read how King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold set it up in the plain of Dura in Babylon and commanded everyone to fall down and worship the image upon hearing the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music. The devil is still doing that today to cause people to worship idols at the sound of music. Hmm. The king stated, Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, prior to this, King Nebuchadnezzar had had a dream about a great image that was awesome in form, and it was splendid, it was excellent, and it was before him. And I don't know, maybe this could have had something to do with why he set up an image for everyone to bow down and worship. Who knows, maybe. Anyway, we're not really sure how much time elapsed between the night Nebuchadnezzar dreamed about the metallic image and the day he commanded the people to fall down before the image that he had made. So it happened that when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up except three Jewish men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to obey the king's orders. They stood tall in that great crowd when everyone, everybody else bowed low. When King Nebuchadnezzar learned about it, he became furious and asked for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought in. The king who had appointed these men to their high positions, valued their service, realized that his reputation was at stake. So he gave them a second chance in the presence of everyone to bow down. King Nebuchadnezzar instructed the orchestra to play once more, and if they bowed down, the matter would be forgiven and forgotten. However, the three men refused to do so. And as a result, they were thrown into the blazing, fiery furnace that was heated seven times more than it was usually heated. It was hot, y'all. But God delivered. Oh, let me say that again. But God, woo, glory, delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the blazing furnace To the astonishment of the king, when they came out of the fire, through the fire, all right, I'm not going to sing. When they came out of the fire, King Nebuchadnezzar and all the high officers, officials, and governors, everybody crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Now let's consider what the men were wearing when they were thrown into the fire and what this might represent in their lives and and in our lives. First, they were wearing coats. Coats are outer garments. This is usually what you see first when you meet a person. A mantle is an old biblical term for the word coat. When we talk about someone's mantle, we refer to that person's identity and life purpose. When faced with difficulties, our image, our perception of ourselves can be thrown into the fires of adversity and threatened with destruction. Second, they were thrown into the fire with hosen or with gowns and leggings. This garment could represent gender. The fires of a negative experience may also attack our gender identity. Number three, they were wearing what the Bible calls other garments, which may mean undergarments. This may refer to what is deeply personal or private. Sometimes adversity can prevent us from developing intimacy and close relationships with others. The Bible says this fiery furnace was so hot that it killed the soldiers who threw the young men into the fire picture their terror as they saw the guards die trying to throw them into the fire imagine the thoughts that was going through their heads oh my god we next they fall into the flames Ooh, the sheer terror of it that's enough alone by itself to produce psychological and emotional disorders with the probability of lifelong trauma. They should have been permanently altered emotionally, physiologically, and psychologically if they survived at all. And yet, they survived. How did they survive? It was because Jesus, the Son of the living God. Not only was in the fire with them. But also had accompanied them into the fire. Through the fire. Through the rain. Through it all. God preserved them. God kept them. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above All that we could ask or think. What can we take away from this? Number one, place your faith in the only true and living God and in his word. And number two, God is our deliverer. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The preserving grace. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian followers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as they reflect on the love of God and the word of God. You know, it's one thing to say we love Jesus and we're going to follow him, but it's another thing to get up and do it. The question is, how can we do it well? The second goal of this podcast is to develop a deeper interest in and understanding of the Bible. Third, to encourage believers in Christ to not accept mediocrity. To encourage believers in Christ not to accept mediocrity, but instead to strive to reach their fullest potential in Christ. If you are looking for the power to endure challenges of the Christian life, live through temptations in our culture, and gain insight and wisdom for decision-making and deepen your walk with God, join us every week and listen to this podcast. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now.